welcome to the Level Up Grappling Podcast. I'm your host, Ed, along with my co-host, Coach Brian. We hope you're all doing well. We hope you guys all been on the mats training, because I haven't been on the mat enough to be training. Um, <laughs> You've been on we'll the mat a little bit. Come on. that's not. You, I did. I did. I me. did. I made it we'll out. Yeah. Training. Yeah. Doing some training, getting through this month's uh, curriculum uh, on the guard, the open guard. Or, no, yeah. close guard. Close, close guard. guard close guard. Oh, my God. See, you can fail go. your test. It's June 1st. We have a new new curriculum now, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. well, now you're going to get your ass beaten later because you already forgot what curriculum you were doing all month. Oh, my God. Yes, sensei. That's an automatic yes, fail, people. If you cannot remember what you've been doing all month, <laughs> be prepared for the Yellowstone firebrand deep into your chest. Except it's going to say oh, PCI. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of PCI, this show is uh, sponsored and brought to you by PCI Jiu-Jitsu in Mission Viejo, California, under the tutelage and instruction of Coach Brian. And um, with that, yeah, again, uh, thank you, everybody, for supporting the show. Thank you for following us on Instagram at levelup underscore grappling. And uh, we, um, we're pretty excited for the stuff that's coming up. We've got a huge seminar coming up um, with coach joel bain of snake bit usa uh, coach brian if you have anything to say on that that's going to be july 15th it's a saturday july 15th 2023 in orange county california we'll be in the mission viejo high school wrestling room you can sign up on eventbrite you can also hit us up directly either at level up grappling uh web, uh instagram you can hit us up on the pci jiu-jitsu instagram or also at the snake pit usa instagram because uh, we have the links there um, it's only $60, guys. It's four hours of no-gi submission grappling. No excuses, okay? And especially for all of you um, butt scooters, guard pullers, you need to learn this stuff because you need to learn how to stand. You need to learn how to wrestle. You need how to grapple from the top position, how to create pins, and how to create pain. I'm sorry, but what you are doing is not helpful. There's a saying that the master of pain, Joel Bain, has. Okay. If it's flash, it's trash. If it hurts, it works. So you need to come out, all of you. I don't want any excuses about, oh, I only train this style or that style. If you only train gi, come for a day of no gi. If you only train no gi, then you definitely don't have any excuse because this is four hours for 60 bucks. You will not get a better deal anywhere. And this is a ton of material that you've actually never seen before. Awesome. And so, yeah, the other the other way to get to the link is bit.ly. So bit.ly, it's a bit.ly link, bit.ly forward slash PCI XSPUSA. So you guys can get there directly as well as that. So on to the episode today, we're going to be talking about overlearning and the Instagram trap. Mm. But before we get into that little side story, Coach Brian and I were went to Scottish Fest in Costa Mesa this past weekend, and we went there to go gracie hunting mm-hmm. and um i i didn't know anything about this and as to why we were going gracie hunting i was like there's no grappling here they've got the scottish highland <laughs> games but there's no grappling here we're not sakuraba trying to continue sakuraba's work of being the gracie hunter but lo and behold there's some, there's a connection between the gracie family and scottish fest Yes, coach. <laughs> so the Gracies are actually Scottish. For those of you that don't know this, um, they're only like two generations removed from Scotland. So they are not indigenous Brazilians. They're not truly like multi multi generational Brazilians. 
I mean, it was the grandfather. So basically, Carlos and Helio Gracie's grandfather came from Scotland. So that's a very close generational um, link and connection. So <clears throat> there's people that have asked me, well, if that's true, then how come so many of them are so tan? Well, you guys don't know the story <laughs> of how the Gracie brothers had multiple women, multiple females, and they impregnated all of them. They were like, kind of like Brazilian Mormons. <laughs> but oh, not Mormons. But that's what they did. They had multiple wives. They had multiple women. They were impregnating all different kinds of women. Um, so that's basically what it is. Not all of them have the same mothers. You know, I think one. I think Carlos Gracie Sr. had 21 children. Helio, God knows how many he had. But they had it with multiple women. So mm. they were not... Um, oh, and by the way, no offense to any Mormons. I know they don't practice that tradition anymore of um, polygamy. But it's just a funny joke. <laughs> I have plenty of Mormon <laughs> friends, and they, they, they know what I'm talking about. Anyways, so they were constantly looking to build their clan. Right. That's a Scottish mindset. It's not I don't mm -hmm. think it's a Brazilian mindset. It was like their their idea was we need to build our clan and we need to build this this clan of, you know, jujitsu people. Right. Because you got to remember, yes, they basically were just taking judo and they modified judo to fit their. Not well-rounded skill set. Right. So let's mm -hmm. look at what happened. You know, we can continue to kind of dissect this in other episodes. But <clears throat> when they first came out onto the scene and they were trying to boast about how great they were, they were getting beaten consistently and regularly by different people, including catch wrestlers and including judokas. So what do they do? They eliminate the pin. They minimize the throw. They minimize the ippon. They minimize takedowns. For what? Because then all of a sudden they start to magnify or place over importance on the guard staying in your back. If there's no pin, you can sit on your back all day long. Right. But that doesn't mean that the guard did not exist within judo. The guard is known as the body scissors and catch wrestling. So submission grappling has always had some form of what we would call the guard. Right. Meaning legs around wrapped around the body or legs on the hips, feet on the hips, etc. So it's always existed. You know, but they changed the rules. So why am I talking about this? They needed to develop their style. And since at the time to build popularity, what did they do? They weren't going to the favelas to teach. They were teaching celebrities. They were trying to teach wealthy people, right, where they can have a limited curriculum and they had a limited view because these people were not fighters. And there's a reason why, if you look going forward, not long after that, Carlson Gracie separated from the Gracie family. And we'll get into that in another podcast. If we're ever able to get a couple of historians on, it'd be really cool to talk about how and why Carlson Gracie separated from the Gracie family, started his own mission, so to speak, within the world of submission grappling and jiu-jitsu and became the most dominant force historically of jiu-jitsu. Um, so anyways, back to the Scots. So we went there and I said they had, yeah, we're going Gracie hunting, which was true. I wanted to see if they had the clan out there. They didn't. But sure as shit, we go to this 
I don't know what is it, Ed. It was like this big. Yeah, it's computer, one of those like right? find your clan. Yeah, find your clan vendors. Yeah, so it's a find your clan vendor, and they have it for different countries. So it's not just Scotland that they have it. They have it for different countries. And so I said, watch this. Put in Gracie and look what happens. Sure as shit, there's the Gracie um, family crest, and right there, Scotland. So it's a Scottish heritage, mm-hmm. Scottish name. They are a Scottish family. And if you guys yeah. don't know, the reason why so many of them are different color is, like I said, they were with different women, including housemaids and and such. <laughs> and so, <laughs> can, can I tell you a funny story real quick, Ed? Yeah, uh, but before uh, that, I swear, you uh, make me so nervous. <laughs> For as offensive <laughs> as we're trying to be and as raw as we're trying to, I get so nervous about this stuff. Ladies and gentlemen, just a disclaimer, I still do have respect for the Gracie family. <laughs> hey, you know, look, we can have all the respect in the world. Like Chris Howder says, the Gracies didn't invent jujitsu. The Gracies mm-hmm. popularized jujitsu like the Beatles popularized rock and roll. Mm-hmm. The Beatles yeah. did not invent rock and roll. So for somebody to walk around and say rock music was originated by the Beatles, it's not true. The Beatles mm-hmm. made it incredibly popular, made it world-renowned. So... Mm-hmm. You know, we'll get actually, I want to do a podcast one of these days about the actual giving credit to the Gracies where they deserve the credit, okay, which mm-hmm. would be popularization and the development and evolution aspect, evolutionary aspects of the guard. That's where they deserve the credit. And I'd love to get into that in another podcast. Yeah, but uh, on to your uh, story. Yeah, I want to give you guys a, a funny story because this kind of speaks to like their mindset of building clans, building their clan and all this. So, I don't know how many, this is probably, it had to been more than 15 years ago. Probably, no, yeah, way more than 15 years ago. Probably close to 20 years ago. Um, so there was a seminar at the Gracie Academy, right? The headquarters in, in the South Bay in Torrance, California. Helio was there. Hickson was there. Every, everybody was there. And another person that happened to be there was my ex-wife, who used to train jujitsu <laughs> way before I met her. This and, is going to get good. Oh, yeah, it's going to get good. <laughs> so way before I met her, and uh, but this story was told to me by a few people that I know that were there that actually also knew my ex-wife at the time. Um, so for context, <laughs> so I'll explain the story and I'll give context in terms of kind of how like what my ex-wife looks like. So my ex-wife is there training at the seminar, doing this and that and the other thing. And apparently, Haleo Gracie is eye-fucking her. Okay? <laughs> and God. Hickson, every time he gets near my ex-wife, keeps putting his head down to the ground. And it's, like, real shy around my ex-wife. And my ex-wife is, like, you know, it's like, ooh, it's Hickson Gracie. He's hot. He's, like, you know, the sexy man. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, he's, like, the lion of the, the, the family, you know. Uh, whatnot, and so, <laughs> so Helio was trying to say something to my ex-wife in Portuguese. My ex-wife doesn't speak Portuguese. My ex-wife's American, and uh, so she was where, there with a couple other people. And one of the guys that I know that was there, they were asking, "What's Helio saying? Why is Hickson being all weird around this woman?" And they go, "Well, it's twofold. Number one, Hickson's nervous because she looks like his mom." So mind you, my my ex wife is this five foot ten. She's almost six feet tall, uh, black woman. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, her features 
apparently were very similar to Hickson's mother. And so it made him nervous because he sees this woman that looks like his mom and this woman's like staring him down. And then Helio apparently was getting all horny telling other people, bring her over here. She would make a good wife. She would have good jujitsu babies. <laughs> uh, oh my gosh. I'm shaking my head so hard right now. This is... So no. yes, true story, true story. And this is confirmed to me by multiple people that were at this, in this room at this seminar that saw the interaction that happened. So I'm not making this up. Oh God. And I don't talk to my ex-wife, even though we have two children together. I don't talk to this woman at all. That's another story altogether. It's for the book. But um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's what happened. So Hickson thought he saw his mom and Helio got horny and said, I want to make more jujitsu babies with that one. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was really for funny Scotland. and interesting. <laughs> yeah, all for all in the name of <laughs> Scotland, the Gracie clan. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Right. So, yeah. So we had a good time at the Scottish Festival over the weekend. We saw the Gracie banner on the computer and their Scottish heritage. So that's verifiable for anyone to see. And uh, yeah, so enough rambling about that. And uh, with all fun and, and games, uh, let's get into this. You know, yes, let's talk a little bit about episode. Let's talk about <laughs> after this. that let's, story. <laughs> let's philosophize a little bit. Yeah, so t- <laughs> I don't even know how to transition into the episode, but anyway, you don't. Um, you just start talking, my friend. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. So I came up. I kind of came up with this concept of overlearning and the Instagram trap because, you know, obviously with being involved in the grappling arts, you know, following a lot of Instagram profiles of mm-hmm. uh, jujitsu people, grapplers, catch wrestling, anything that I can. And what I find funny is that I see, you know, you're scrolling through and nowadays I'm going to lean on my marketing expertise here, but what, you see a ton of shorts, right? You got, cause you have platforms like TikTok and then even the Instagram stories and then YouTube shorts, everyone's coming up with less than basically 30 second, con, uh, 30 second length content. And so I think one of the the biggest things that the most frequent things that I see are really two things: competition highlights or or segments of competitions, and then movements techniques. And so, contrary to the way that we train at PCI of one position a month, um, when I when I look at this, and we talked about this in our you know concepts versus movements episode where there's just a ton of movements but no concepts mm-hmm. and so every every time i go on to instagram i'm seeing here's this sweep here's this sweep here's how to do this here here's how to do a b c d e f g and you know sometimes some of them will catch my eye where i get really interested to see what is what are they actually trying to do but usually that turns into a giant recipe, right? There's like 50 different steps to get to in another position, 50 different steps to pass the guard, 50 yeah. different steps to get into an arm bar or whatever. Um, and so it's interesting because for me, I don't pay too much attention to it to try to learn it. Um, rather, I look at it to see what the effect of that movement is and what they're trying to do. Um and I find that I find it interesting because 
I sit here going, dude, there's no way I'm going to learn this. And there's not really no desire for me to just because I think it's so complex. It's foot here, foot here, arm here, arm here, grab this, grab that galaxy eye, you know, rip the tongue out and yeah. now you've passed the guard. <laughs> and yeah. so, um, but what it does, what I started to figure out or what I learned from it, just from even the learning from watching these things is that there is an easy way to overload oneself during training and even outside of training by seeing all these things and thinking that we can do it. And I kind of, I, I use this analogy actually with my wife every once in a while is that it's, it, it's kind of like my mom. She watches a ton of cooking shows, but if you watch, if you constantly watch cooking shows and you never actually cook, I'm not saying my mom doesn't cook. She cooks a lot. And she's an amazing cook, but what I'm saying is that there are things that you start to think and believe that you can do when you have no physical, you know, there's no physical attribute to it. You can't actually convert that into or realize that into the real world. And so I I look at these Instagram things and I watch these shorts very carefully because, in, or I should say I approach them carefully because I don't want to get into this mindset that, Oh, I've seen this sweep thousands and thousands of times and I can do it now. When in reality, it's kind of, I, th it's not to contradict what we talked about in the concepts versus movements, because these are all movements. There's not concepts. I'm not learning the concepts around it. So I can't, there isn't a way for me to execute on them unless I'm physically practicing them. However, I think through what I've been learning and training with you on is, you know, I'm very, my approach to grappling is very intellectual, right? I think about it a lot. You and I talk a lot. We discuss things, concepts, theories a lot. And because of that, I'm able to execute on certain things because I can think through it and I can be able to tell my body exactly what I need to do because there's an outcome to that, not rather than just steps to it. I need to put my foot here, foot here, do this, do this, ABC. Again, one, two, three, four, five, six. It's not there. It's, this is what we are trying to achieve. And so here are the principles around it. If you can understand that concept, then you can execute on something. Um, the other funny part is in, in all of this yesterday, I was watching, there's a YouTube channel called McDojo Life, I think. And it oh, yeah. basically well, goes around yeah, trying to find on. all the, Mc, we have to yeah, have we do. On. He's so funny. But it was, guy. it's, this is, this is why I bring this up. Cause it was, he brings this quote unquote internet troll onto, uh, to make an episode or a video. And there's a female, because he said that 99% of males can beat up 99% of females. Okay? okay. Now, besides that, so what they did was they set up this match between a female MMA, trained MMA or pro fighter. I, I, don't, I don't know who she is, never heard of them or her, but it's her versus him, this internet troll. So they're doing like these kind of pre-fight interviews and they get to him and it's hilarious because he goes, he's trying to defend his position and he says, that look, I I've watched enough UFC. I've watched enough jujitsu to know what I need to do. Wow. So the guy and he admits he's never trained a single day in his life. <laughs> now, I have my opinions about the quality of the actual bout that they had, mm. but that's besides the point. But to me, mm. it's that it's what he said. 
is that he sees so much of this stuff on whether it's his computer or his phone, whatever, on all these platforms that he's watched enough of it that he quote unquote knows what to do. Rather, he's like, Oh, I know what a reared Nick is choking. I know what an arm bar is. <laughs> and you watch him fight and you're like, he, okay. You're trying to have physical dominance over this, this lady, uh-huh. but he gassed out in like literally like 15 seconds. Oh, it's funny. And then she just dominates him after that. But even uh-huh. then, like, again, I, I have my thoughts on my opinions on it. I'll uh-huh. send you the video later. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Send to me. So this whole concept around overtrain or overlearning, right? You're you're taking in so much information. Or I should say it this way. I separate data and information. In the marketing world, data is nothing but numbers, but information is having data converted into something useful. So he's it's like people taking in so much data around grappling that they don't have enough information to actually execute on it and to make it a part of their arsenal to be effective grapplers. And, you know, why should somebody learn X technique, Y technique, Z technique? Why should they learn that? Does it really make an impact? And on a side note, this kind of feeds into kind of, really your philosophy around all the sport jujitsu stuff um, is that it's so point-based, you know, the, 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 the concept of martial art is no longer there in the sense it's all about sport. And in my personal opinion, if that's what that school is marketing, that's what they are branded as. That's what they are focusing on by all means. Okay. But I think everybody else outside of it needs to understand, you know, that is a point of that specific school. So for example, my brother, um, when he was teaching Taekwondo, his school was specifically a sport Taekwondo school. They are specifically training for competitions, right? They're not, they're not specifically training for self-defense or the art of it or anything. It was specific. It's literally just like basketball, golf, anything else, those sport. And to me, it's like, okay, if that's what you are branded as, and that's what you are projecting yourself into the world as by all means, that's fine. But when a sports school takes on the role of saying we teach self-defense, that's when I, I'm like, ah, eh, you guys are you guys are kind of missing the point. Um and so I forgot where I was gonna go with all of this. But anyway, it's it's just that I think that oh, the Instagram posts that I see, like some of them are like, here's how to score two points. Yeah. Okay. If your audience is specifically for sport, absolutely it makes sense. Cause you're talking mm-hmm. about competition tactics. However, if you are if you are a school that is trying to project again to brand yourself as we are a martial art, this is what we do. It's part of your life, it's a part of who you are, it's a part of your being. And yes, there just so happens to be a sport aspect to it, then yeah. And and you just start talking about points, to me it's a little bit of a disservice. Okay. So, let's break this down a little bit because Mark this down because we're going to have to have another podcast on the existential mm-hmm. crisis of what is your why. Okay. That's a whole nother topic altogether. What is your why? And then breaking down the three principles that Chris Howder always gives. Think street. Practice the art. Train the sport. And once we, when we get him on, because he's going to be coming on at some point. We'll talk about that and, you know, kind of unravel that a little bit. But here's the thing. At the end of the day, you can always focus on the martial art 
as a fighting system and just make your adjustments based on the rules of the tournament that you enter. There's no point in pussifying your training just because you say, well, I'm only going to do this for IBJJF competition, and if it's not legal because the IBJJF didn't say so, I'm never going to do it. Okay, bullshit. Because you can jump guard. You can pull guard in IBJJF competition. You want to do that on the street? Do you really? Even if it's somebody untrained? It's some guy on PCP or some freak gangster or somebody, you know, drunk. You're really going to try and jump guard? You're going to play the the Crone Gracie? We're gonna just going to call it the Crone Gracie from now on. You're going to do, like, the Gracie jump and let somebody punch the shit out of you while your head hits the concrete? Are you really sure you want to do that? Even if somebody's untrained, that's not really going to go over too well. Sorry. If they're a little bit trained, you're fucked. So I think it's completely overwhelming the amount of data and information that's out there today. And I think the reason why people gravitate to it, it's the same reason why people stop on the side of the road or on the freeway when they see a police car on the side. They just are attracted to the colored spinning lights. People are sheep. They have no interest in actually just moving forward in their life and actually leveling up. And for those of you that are interested and you're actually listening, you're interested in leveling up. That's why you're here. You have to level up your life, level up your grappling, level up your game right? Don't pay attention to the spinning, flashy lights. Again, like Joel Bain's message, if it's flash, it's trash. If it hurts, it works. Why are you doing what you're doing? What is your why? There is too much crap out there. You know, it's just like, if you really want to be a circus performer, go ahead, join the circus. Circus Vargas was in town recently. Cirque de Soleil's got, looks like they have new shows opening every other month. You can get a Cirque de Soleil job. Capoeira is fun. You can do that. Put some cool little BJJ style Capoeira videos where you're green to the position and you're hopping over each other and doing all that patty cake shit. Go ahead. Don't tell me that's a fight. Don't tell me that, oh, well, see, you can't stop me from spinning. Yes, I can. Like, I'll give you guys an example. I'm going to put Ed on the spot a little bit. So, Oh, jeez. That's okay. It's all good. We were training last week, right? We had class last week, and Ed's asking me, well, when would I do this instead of this? And basically what we were talking about from the close guard, I always emphasize, I want you to wrestle out and wrestle up. That's our number one. It drives jiu-jitsu people crazy because we're using it in a fight perspective. We're not looking at it as, oh, let me see if I can sweep you for two points. So he was trying to understand and wrap his head around why would he just try and wrestle out instead of just try and sweep me? And I said, well, there's a variety of different reasons. You know, number one, what is their pace like? But most importantly, I go, think of the position it puts you in. He's like, how? I go, get in your guard. You know what happened, folks? Coach started hitting him. And then he's like, oh, shit, I need to get out of here. (laughs) Then he framed and got up real quick. He's like, ah, now I get it. Now I understand why my priority is to wrestle out from the bottom position and wrestle up. I don't want to get hit. Mm -hmm. Guess what? Chris Howder did it to me every day. Okay. So it's not, I didn't do, I don't do anything that wasn't done to me. 
Chris Howder did it to me. I've had Hegan just destroy me. I've had people destroy me. Okay. And old school guys. And it was a pleasure. It was my honor and pleasure to be beaten by these phenomenal grapplers. Beaten. I loved every minute of it. I don't care how many times my ribs got broken. I don't care how many times my, my nose smashed or a toe broke or hand got smashed. I don't care. It was a pleasure and an honor to be beaten by these men so that I could learn what perseverance was so I could learn what not to do and what to do in the field of battle. And I will never change my mindset and water anything down to my students and give them some kind of cockeyed, half-assed, you know, pastel cake on a plate when I know they're going into war. That's how I look at it. And that's also... Again, I'll give credit where credit is due. That was the Carlson Gracie mindset. That's why when you look at the different Gracie schools, to this day, the toughest guys in the jiu-jitsu room of all the schools are the Carlson Gracie guys. I'll stand by that. I trained with the Carlson Gracie team for years. The toughest guys are the Carlson Gracie guys. Hands down. Meanest, toughest guys in the room were always the Carlson Gracie guys. So you have to limit what you learn. And again, we're getting so distracted by what's dazzling us. I was very fortunate, you know, being in Southern California, training for so many years in Southern California. I can't tell you guys how many privates I took from different amazing people. Anytime I traveled to a new school, even if I was traveling around the United States or around the world, I'd pay for a private everywhere I went. Even if I was in town for a couple of days, I'd always ask for a private. I would never just drop in and be like, oh, what's your mat fee or can I take a free class? It was always my, what I considered my duty as a martial artist to collect the knowledge of the sensei of the school and humbly request a private. And I paid. I always paid. I would say, sir, I'd like to come train at your school tonight. I also have some time prior to that. Can I please pay for a private? Oh, you don't need to do that. I go, no, I absolutely insist. That gave me the opportunity to have an open door anywhere I go. And it also gave me a window to the thought process, mindset, and the games of so many people. So many different people. And how they represent themselves culturally differently on the map. It was amazing. So... Why am I saying all this? I was very fortunate to be able to do with a friend years ago, privates consistently with Eric Paulson, Sensei Eric Paulson. And he'd be sitting there showing us all these moves. He's like, guys, listen, I can show you moves all day long. And he can. Let me tell you, if you just want to just randomly go up to somebody and be like, hey, Sensei, can you please show me some moves? You can pick any corner of the human body and he will show you 50 different variations to tear it apart. There, is, uh, there are very few people that have that level of understanding, knowledge, and background that Eric Paulson has. I say him, Hegan Machado. I think maybe Eric has more than Hegan. Not, it doesn't diminish Hegan in any way. I don't know. I'd have to I'd flip a coin. I'd have to ask Eric himself. We'd have to ask him if we can get him on. 
what he thinks. But I'll say this. This is what Eric said. He's like, don't collect moves. He's like, the more you learn, the more you're going to forget. He's like, and you're just going to whittle it down to the things that are easiest to execute and simplest for your game as you develop. He told me this when I was a blue belt. Okay, so when I say mm-hmm. told me this is a blue belt, this is like almost 20 years ago. Okay. And I never forgot that because I was a move collector. I have a fairly educated mind. I have a couple of graduate degrees. You know, I didn't study much in school. I got all A's. So I'm the type of person that I can learn stuff. I can just watch something really quickly, pick it up and just do it. Right. I might not be the most athletic person in the room, but I can see and find the details enough to repeat it and coach it back with like little to no <laughs> practice. It's a weird thing that I have, but I forget all of it anyways. Okay. I show it and then that's it. Then I forget. Right. So that for me, it's just like, that's just why concepts are so much more important than move collecting. The more moves you learn, the more schizophrenic you become, the more cautious you become, the more um, scattered you become in your development. And I think you actually, you don't progress when you learn so many moves. And why are we learning so many moves? Because as we talked about in previous episode, Jiu-jitsu is the only sport that does not enforce repetitive drilling of the same thing over and over and over again. I have no idea. And I, I, I want to start out. This is another thing we should start asking people. Why is this happening? You know, why has this been for the last 40, 50 years? I think one of the reasons why is because they never, the Gracies were never trained properly. That's my answer. That's my speculation. Because had they trained with proper Kodokan Judo, and again, this is my affinity again for Judo, okay, I'm biased. I definitely consider myself much more of a Judo guy than a Jiu-Jitsu guy, a black belt in both. But, you know, for me, it was Judo for before Jiu-Jitsu. And guess what? There wasn't anything I learned in Jiu-Jitsu that I didn't see before in Judo. It's just more time on the ground. But it wasn't stuff that didn't exist. And the stuff that didn't exist, it came from catch wrestling, not BJJ. But that's neither here nor there. But I think had they been trained properly in Kodokan style repetition and the way that we learn Judo, the way that we learn wrestling, okay, the way we learn Sambo, the way we learn catch. When I say wrestling, I'm also including catch wrestling because to me, wrestling is wrestling. It's just one has the submissions, one doesn't. So why is it that every other grappling art, and we have already talked about every other sport, it's all about repetition. Why are we not doing that in jiu-jitsu? Why are we just collecting moves? And then you get onto this Instagram thing. Everybody has a short attention span. So you want to watch it for 10 seconds, 20 seconds, or this TikTok, which I don't know how people watch it. I think it's going to get banned. I don't know. Whatever. What do you think you're going to get out of that? You're not going to one-up somebody by learning this secret secret move. You know you're going to one-up somebody by rep, repping concepts over and over and over again, taking the concepts, setting your mechanical repetitions, and do it until you can't get it wrong. That's how you're going to get better. It's not by how many videos you buy on BJJ Fanatics, which all those videos are overpriced anyways. Sorry. Hate to burst the bubble of BJJ Fanatics because guess what? I'm guilty. I own a bunch of them. Just for reference, because I want to see what people are doing, see if there's something I want to incorporate into my teaching. 
I spent all this money on these videos only when they're on sale, of course. And 90% of them suck. Truly. I mean, it's all talking. I'm like, dude, you could have whittled this down. It could have been a 10 minute video. You didn't charge $300 for it. You know, there's nothing. I don't see anything new under the sun. And if it's new, it's probably something flashy. And if it's flashy, it's trashy. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's just not going to be effective. So how do we get away from this? Well, I need to learn this move. Then I can stop so-and-so. No. How about you just rep out escaping from the guard over and over and over again? Where's your thousand repetitions for the month of getting up from the bottom? Wrestle out, wrestle up, wrestle out, wrestle up. Do that a thousand times. Do one sweep. This is what I tell everybody. From the closed guard, you need a forward sweep and a backward sweep. Well, what does that mean? Forward sweep would be like a scissor sweep, right? Backward sweep. You, a lot of these jiu-jitsu people call it a pendulum sweep. We use a, a chin strap sweep, right? You have to pull the person backwards. Okay, you can have, uh, you know, what is it? Arm drag to the back. I mean, you shouldn't be doing a lot. You should be looking to get out because somebody's punching you. <laughs> Clear the hands and go. So what is your mindset? Again, like, we, like I said a bunch of times already, what is your why? And obviously, I want to develop that more in another episode. But stop collecting shit. I always tell people, don't watch moves on YouTube. I don't like my students watching moves on YouTube. You can watch matches. I send matches all the time. But most of the matches I send, what do I send, babe? Is it jujitsu? Nope. It's judo. A lot of judo. It's all judo. Ninety yep. percent mm-hmm. of what I send to my team, because we have a we have like a, a group chat on Instagram, you know, for continuing education and just, you know, who's coming to class, who's not, these kinds of things, and just poking fun at certain people. You know, <laughs> it's all good fun. We're a family. It's judo. Why? Because I cannot overemphasize the importance of hand fighting, grips. Every fight starts standing, so you better learn how to have your feet placed the right way. Most jiu-jitsu people have no concept of footwork. Zero. No concept of true base. No concept of real grip. No concept of hand fighting. Zero. So I send, I send wrestling, predominantly Greco stuff, and judo. And that's what I want them to see. I go, hey, guys, remember I just showed you this. And so I go, mm-hmm. oh, look, here's the, from the world's 2023 worlds. Here's what just happened. I just showed you this in class. <laughs> and it wasn't like intentional. It was just like, oh, that's cute. I, I was just like, I was kind of synced up in with the universe of what, like a move that worked in a competition, right? So that's pretty much what I send. Um, this is the stuff that we look at together to develop. And then, of course, if somebody has questions, Send me something. Go, would this work? I have, a, we have one of the students, he sends me stuff all the time. He's like, do you think this will work? I go, no. Well, why not? I go, I would do this. And then I just write it out for him exactly what I would do to counter it. I go, why would I sit there anyways? Why would I, uh, you know, there's this position called the 50-50 position in jujitsu. Your leg is wrapped over my hip. My leg's wrapped over your hip. Why would I sit there? Like, I still don't understand, like, why would I do that? I'm just going to stand up. You think I can't? Watch me. I'll freaking stand up on you. I know how to hide my feet. I'm going to stand up, and I'm going to smash your hip. And then I'm going to make you smell your own toes. Let's see how you like that. And then tell me I'm a dick for hurting you. Well, you should have tapped. It's submission grappling. 
So I think, I mean, you and I talked about this. Um, I, I asked you, basically, I, I use the analogy of golf. I'm wondering if the reason for all these movements, mm-hmm. all these quote unquote techniques, right? All these different, again, all these Instagram shorts or stories and YouTube shorts where the jujitsu school, the teacher, whoever it is, is showing off a move Mm -hmm. and why there's so many moves is like you're saying, people are becoming move collectors, right? And so is it because true and effective grappling is boring? because it's so effective and so the way that i uh, my analogy to that is golf if you actually play really good golf golf is very boring because your shots all land where they need to land and you get it in the hole fast enough in under x number of swings versus if you hit if you slice it off way to the right and you're in the woods now you got to figure out how to get out of it and then you hit that across the fairway again you got to learn to hit out of it you miss the ball in the bunker in the sand trap. <laughs> you got to hit it again. You got to figure things out. You got to get creative. And again, when you play good golf, you lose all that creativity per se, because you actually know what you're doing and you're playing effective golf versus bad golf, which is actually fun to play. <laughs> so, in my opinion. Well, I think there could be some truth to that. I also think that, because people weren't trained with the repetitions in mind, they don't teach with repetitions in mind. They don't teach with a solid foundation. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I've trained judo all over the world. It's the same everywhere. The entire class is repetitions. Repetitions, repetitions, repetitions of the same shit. I've wrestled all over the world. It's the same thing in every wrestling room. It's constant repetition. Snap! You're going to do a snap down 300 times before you move to the next thing. How many times are you going to ankle pick over and over and over and over and over again? How many times are you going to circle over and over and over again? This is just, it's, I'm telling you, it's a very odd phenomena just with jujitsu. Because people look at it where they just want to, they're using it more like as a social experiment. You know, look at boxing. How many times you, we talked about this before. You telling me that Floyd Mayweather is just hits a jab three times and then just goes and fights people? Bullshit. He's done more jabs in his lifetime than you've probably blinked. Obviously, I'm exaggerating, but I'm using this to emphasize a point. You should be doing, you want to master something? You need to do the same thing over and over and over and over and over again, and it's boring. Stop collecting moves. It's not going to make you better. Stop watching TikTok. It's not going to make you better. It's going to make you worse. Stop watching Instagram. It's going to make you neurotic. Okay? 99% of that shit that I see on Instagram will not work unless the other person agrees to sit there and let you do it. It's, it's, these are static explanations. It's not, it's not dynamic at all. It's not. There's a reason why you just see the same stuff working over and over and over again. Because that's what works. <laughs> it's not because somebody can't do something else. But, you know, I had somebody say to me, well, the Baron Bolo is great for MMA. No, it's not. 
because there's been like three people that did some kind of barambolo, you know, leg lock. Then all of a sudden it's the greatest thing ever. What are you talking about? Throw somebody to the ground, pin them down, ride them like Khabib, squeeze their legs and punch the shit out of them. Let them turn their back and choke them. It's really that simple. Physical dominance. Mm -hmm. You do not have to be the bigger person to physically dominate somebody. You have to be mechanically masterful. And the only way you do that is through repetition of the same stuff. And people are afraid it's boring. They want it. It's more about student retention. It's about a business. And they think that the more flashy they show, then you're going to come back over and over and over again. But there's also a connection as to why then the retention rate in jujitsu is so low. It's low because people aren't progress. They they don't progress in a meaningful way. They're just like, oh, what do I do now? I've been at this for two years and I still don't know what I'm doing. What am I doing this for? What is my why? It always goes back to the same thing. What is my why? You know, it's confusing. I stuck around it for as long as I did because I'm a stubborn son of a bitch. (laughs) And I, if I want to learn something, I'm, I, and I'm a very obsessive person. When I'm into something, I'm just into it. And there's not a lot of things that I like. I like music. I play guitar. I like guitar. I like playing instruments. I like the music that I like. I like fighting. You know, that's about it. I don't have a lot of interests. You know, I'm not the type of guy that's just like, oh, let me try something new today. No, I don't want to try anything new. I want to refine. I'm like the type of person, I want to refine my ankle pick, and I'm just going to practice this a thousand times. I'm not done. Even if I'm by myself, I'm on a stability ball like Marcel Lozado. Hopefully we'll get him on one of these days. Got to pull him out from hiding and get him, get him on here. But let me tell you something, guys. If you've never experienced, I, I want to prop up Marcel Lozado because he deserves this. He is, he is one of the most masterful grapplers you could ever roll with in your life. He doesn't have to speak and you will learn more than you will ever be able to digest. And you want to know something? This guy trains more on a ball than he does with humans these days. A ball. Stability ball, as do I. You know, I have my physical injuries, so my my rolling time these days is very, very limited and very select with who I roll with. But Marcel rolls on balls. And you want to know something? He's so good at it, he's so masterful that he will wrap you up, tie you in a knot, and squeeze the shit out of you, and you will thank him for letting you live. That's his level. Okay, the amount of ADCC gold medal champions that he has destroyed and made cry would make you laugh. That's how good this guy is. People fear him. They do behind the scenes. There's guys, there's promoters that don't even want to put him in, in, in uh, like super fights because they don't want to, him to embarrass, embarrass their champions. And do you think he's like collecting moves? Nope. He's so good at the things that he does. It's just over and over and over of repetition, conceptual repetition. He knows his body so well. He knows exactly what he will do to your reaction. He will shut everything down. This is the level you should desire to be. 
you're not going to get to this level, I promise you now, by collecting moves. You don't need to learn 37 arm bars. You don't need to learn an omoplata to a triangle combination to a sweeping footlock to, you know, a reverse backflip. You don't. This is not a gymnastics competition. It's not a floor exercise. This is not synchronized swimming. This is war. And I, it, it kind of annoys me that we have to constantly go back, but it is what it is. We have to constantly go back and remind people this is a martial art. What is a martial art? A martial art is a system of fighting. We are designed to play kill. Our system is designed to play kill. Right? When we're creating these martial arts systems, it's to play kill. So what do we do? We respect the tap and we let go. If they didn't let go, you'd be dead. Remember that. So collecting moves isn't going to save you. Yeah, okay. You, you, oh, good. Look at me. I know 57 different ways to do this lapel choke. Good for you. If you understood the concept first, you wouldn't have to watch a video for it. You would intuitively know how many different variations you had because you understood the concept over collecting moves. Spend time on the concepts. Spend time on understanding how the human body works. Functionality. Form. Function. This is what you need to understand. Mechanics. Stop collecting moves. And stop watching fucking internet. Watch a fight. Send it to me. Then let's discuss. Watch a match. Send it to me. Let's discuss. Don't show me a technique video. Please. I'm going to throw up. <laughs> speaking of which we'd love to hear in, uh, if you guys are listening on Spotify there's a, a poll um, for this episode we're putting up should we introduce a new segment to the show called Roy Grage where <laughs> where I will find or somebody can message us videos of their match or a match or whatever and we'll go ahead and let uh, Coach Brian there just rage on how bad it is in fact i have a video for you (laughs) oh my god it is a video of me practicing jujitsu when i first started and i think this is over 10 years ago this video is over 10 years old oh my god and it's when again it's it's when i first started training and it's it's when i I think in the video you'll see that i'm like a third i had my three stripes on my white belt Mm. and i i think Watching it now, I cringe and get all upset. Like, why am I? Why? Why would I do that? I look so dumb doing this. <laughs> but I'd love to see. I think it'd be fun to just have you totally rage on it. <laughs> uh, we could <laughs> just pick it apart. Yeah, but don't, guys. I'll say now, don't send in videos unless you want the truth. You know, because it's going to be like, <laughs> it's like we're going to get a little Don Rickles on it. I'm not going to pull any punches. You know, I'll be constructive if I see... You can't handle the truth. Exactly. I'm going to go that. You can't handle the truth. You know, I'll be constructive where I see fit. But if I see any Baptist dips and you're saying, look at my look at my match. Look how I started. I tried to get the takedown and you're bent over like a jackass. I'll be like, I should have like taken a kendo stick and beaten you over the head. I had so... <laughs> <laughs> Let's rewind to when I was under Master Cheng Su Ma back in the day in my old Hapkido lessons. Master Ma had this kendo stick and beat my ass, my brother's ass, whoever else was in there, if our forms were incorrect, if our posture was wrong, and our throws. Because, you know, the Hapkido 
it includes judo in different joint locks and stuff like that. So if my throws were wrong, okay, I he'd have this stick in his hand and he'd come up to you and you're like, oh shit, here it comes. He'd cane you in the shins. He'd cane oh. you in the, if your head was too low, he'd fucking hit you in the back, right in the back. Bah! You're like, oh, let me straighten need to bring up. Bring that back. They we need should. to bring that back into the martial arts. I think it should just be in general because people are so weak these days, man. There's too many pussies out there. I mean, you see all these young boys now. It's just like, mama, mama, mama. You're a 15 year boy and you're saying, mama, mama, butter my bread. <laughs> Do you know how disgusting that is? When it's just like you, you, you're, you're raising, you're, you have teenage boys, as an example, and they have no sense of of independence or individual thought or masculinity and they go mama 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 i'm staying with my mommy till i'm 40 i don't care okay bitch go ahead she'll keep tucking you in you pussy sorry i have to rant on that a little bit i i have i have a massive issue you know, it's we are about just, to get canceled after this episode <laughs> it's not just men it's women too we should all look at the end of the day, what is the whole concept of this podcast? Level up your grappling, but level up your life, for goodness sake. Don't make excuses for your failure. Your failure is an opportunity to stand up and do it again. That was Billy Robinson's motto, do it again. I've told this story. I, I would get yelled at, even when I was hiding in the back of a wrestling room, Billy Robinson yelling at me. No, do it again, damn it. Okay? The number of times I heard that, I still have nightmares to this day. The humiliation. But gave me the opportunity to get up and do it again. There was a, I had a sign in my room when I was a kid. The only thing that I had to remind me of what I needed to do, because I really, I came from nothing. It said, make it work. So I constantly went with that mindset of make it work. I have, have, have walked the path of multiple martial arts, and I have bowed my head to every sensei that gave me the opportunity to learn from them with folded hands constantly. But I'm not going to be no move collector. I've tried all that. It don't work. And there's nothing on Instagram or social media that you guys need to know except for when this podcast is airing. That's about it. (laughs) (laughs) But you should all be out there. Don't make excuses. Collecting moves isn't going to make you better. It's not going to level up your life. Repetition until you can't get it wrong is going to level up your life. Repeat, repeat, repeat. Be obsessive with your repetition of even the smallest detail. Repeat it until you can't get it wrong. You should be obsessed with making yourself better. And it's not about collecting moves. Seek good guidance. If you don't have somebody to seek good guidance, hit us up. Trust me. We'll help you out. Seek good guidance. Get yourself to level up. Because you know what? I look at When I look at the belts, and we talked about this before, about what the belts mean, I don't want you, any of you just as black belts on the mat. I want you to be a black belt in life. Own your mistakes. Own your failures. When you fuck up, Yep, I fucked up. I'm going back to the drawing board and I'm starting over. Own it. 
Don't brush it off. Don't make an excuse. Acknowledge your mistakes you made and do better. And keep going. Don't stop. But don't be out there just collecting moves. It's not going to make you better. I can guarantee you now, because I get so many people coming to me, they say, oh, I, I, I want to do some stand-up. Great. They can't get five minutes in of work with me with just from a hand fighting and grip fights. Five minutes, they're done. Because it frustrates them too much. They can't do this. Okay. You want to stop? You want to go? You just paid me a ton of money to sit here and train you. I charge a lot of money for privates. Happily. If you want the information, you're going to pay for it. If you want the training, you're going to pay for it. Show me that it matters to you. Because my time is valuable. And I'd rather give it to the people that come to the mat and bleed and cry with me than give it to somebody that just wants to check the box and said, oh, I trained some catch wrestling. No, you didn't. Did you cry? Did it hurt? Did you get it down? Do you have any piece of it down? Probably not. Because I can tell you with absolute certainty, 99.9% of the people that I engage on a training level that come to train with me or visit from out of town, this and that and the other thing, don't know the first thing about something as basic as grip and hand fighting. And they're stuck. So if you're going to collect, instead of collecting moves, guys, my suggestion to all of you is focus on things that matter. Your position, your posture, your hand placement, grips, footwork. Focus on that first before you do anything else and don't watch moves. Please. <laughs> what else, Ed? But what we would do want you to do is subscribe to our <laughs> our podcast and, like and our Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Send this but. to somebody by like, holy shit, you would never believe what these guys just said. <laughs> oh, Teenage man. boys are weak. They are. Oh boy. Stop stop playing stop running around up and down the field and thinking that you're a tough guy because you know you you, you, you like play soccer. Or they something. did the free trial of an MMA. That's yeah, what happened. I did the they free did one trial. free trial of MMA. I'm a fighter. <laughs> a fighter. No, you're not, you freaking <laughs> pussy. You have your mommy butter your bread for you. You still don't know how to do your own laundry. Okay? Yeah, wash your own geese. Don't come wash. stink in the class. Yeah, well, that's another thing altogether. Hygiene. Yeah. Oh, my God, that'd be a good episode. Hi. <laughs> do we really have to do that? We might have to really sink that low. We might have to. We Dear might friends, have to. wash your ass, wash your armpits. <laughs> Cut your nails. Wash your toes. Watch your wash wash your, toes. your toes. You know, make sure your clothes are clean. Please be presentable before you show up to class. Please don't be dirty and disgusting and offensive. How long does it take to shower? Three minutes before you come to class? If you can't make well, it, depends. Are they boys or are they? I mean, well, whatever. <laughs> it was like, dude, if you can't if you can't make a shower before class, you should have baby wipes in the car, right? I have baby wipes. I have a. I have my alcohol spray. I have my my spray, all that. I mean, obviously, it's a completely different episode now. <laughs> but you should be able to have hygiene. There's nothing wrong with having being be obsessive with your hygiene. Be obsessive with being great, right? And being great doesn't mean dominating others. Being great means leveling yourself up on a daily basis. I'll leave it at that, at least for what I want to say. So from Instagram stories... Yeah. So from Instagram stories to hygiene to 
be a man. Be a man. <laughs> or Only be at a level woman. of grappling. <laughs> be a man, be a woman, whoever you are, you know, or whatever unicorn. I don't care what you are. I don't care what you identify as. We're very open-minded here. I'm an equal opportunity offender, okay? So I don't care what you are. But whatever you are, <laughs> be true to yourself. Own it. And don't make excuses for who you are and what you're about. If you're weak, get strong. If you're, get, if you're strong, get stronger and bring somebody else up with you. That's your responsibility. If you're above somebody else, don't look at that as, as gloating. Feel empathy and pull them up. That's how you should be reflective on the mat, and that's what makes you going to make you a black belt in life. That was the other thing I was going to say. A black belt in life means you have the most empathy, which means you have the most care. You have the greatest opportunity to serve the most amount of people. And you have the ability to, to really take care of the power that is wielded within you because you know in the back of your head, you can look around a room and be like, wow, I could kill every single one of these people if I so chose. That's a tremendous amount of power and responsibility. And to know that you just have to swallow that and show them empathy and a smile instead. It's a lot of responsibility. But that's the expectation. Not, don't be a, like all egomaniac. I know this move. I know this move. Sorry, guess what? I don't care how many moves you think you're going to collect. Eric Paulson still knows more. That's all I'll say to that. I think he's the guy <laughs> with the most. So Eric Paulson's always going to know more than you. So um, unless you're Eric Paulson, stop. Please. You don't need to know that much. And even Eric Paulson will admit himself. Even the amount he knows, you don't need to know anywhere. A frack. You don't need to know 10% of what Eric Paulson knows to be amazing. He's just a very unique genius mind trap in encyclopedia. There's a couple people like that. Him, like I said, Hegan Machado. There's a couple people like that in the world. It's, it's not a lot of people. Billy Robinson was like that. But with Billy, it wasn't about so much move collecting as his, his knowledge of concepts was so deep and the, the minutiae of the concepts, right? The fine details of the concepts. He could look at any position, any situation, and fix it. And he could tell learn you... Learn how to learn. How, learn how to learn. He could tell you how any position could be won or lost within an inch. That's the precision of Billy Robinson's eye. Just so you, you guys understand. I am grateful for all the people I've been able to bow my head to. And I will always bow my head to them. That I am grateful. And the best I can do is just show my students and the people that come with me and hang out with me what I learned. I didn't make any of this shit up. It's what I learned. I proudly learned and suffered for. And my suffering is a badge of honor to me. I love it. <laughs> and so, Fantastic. yeah, with that, don't forget, guys, sanablesports.com forward slash PCI Jiu-Jitsu for 10% off perpetually anything you buy. Anytime you log into the code PCI Jiu-Jitsu on checkout, you'll get 10% off on all your purchases. We are uh, brand ambassadors for Sanable Sports. So um, we'll keep this rolling. And until next time, Ed. Thank you guys all so much for supporting Level Up Grappling. Thanks for making it all the way to this side of the episode. But uh, until the next time, we'll catch you guys soon. Thank you.